are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. On the floor, scoring more is 94, and the Knicks are hardcore, and I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look sharp, but Hubert... You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy, and we also have a special guest joining us on the show, and we're going to have quite a few guests today, but uh, doing a few segments with us is Colin Waring, who is a great writer at Elite Sports, and Colin, thank you for joining the show today. Yeah, man, good to be here. All right, so we got a lot to talk about as we kind of touched last week at the end where we're going to go with this episode. Uh, we have tip-off only a few days away, so we're going to preview the season of, or really the whole entire league in this episode. We're obviously going to start off with the New York Knicks talking about uh, the preseason and the expectations thus far, but Chip, I'm kind of curious to start with you. Um, what have you been seeing from the Knicks? Are you, are you, are you feeling the pain like I am right now, even though it's only preseason? I am feeling the pain in terms of the defense. It's been a disaster so far, but that's kind of what I expected because they have a lot of bad defensive players. You know, they have Hardaway, Cancer, and Michael Beasley, uh, all playing a lot of minutes and they're all bad defensively. And, uh, in the last couple of games, Ferdinand Gomez has been playing a lot of minutes. And he's a poor defender, too. Uh, Ramon Sessions isn't a great defender. He's not a bad defender, but he's not a great one either. Uh, and so they've given up 100-plus points in each game, and it's not really surprising. What has impressed me is how uh, quickly the, they've made an, uh, an adjustment to this new offense. Uh, Tim Hardaway has just looked great in an up-tempo, modern NBA offense. Uh, Michael Beasley has looked good. I think he'll probably get even better as the season goes on. And he takes more shots. And, uh, and that center looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, his, uh, his rebounding numbers will get even better. He's at five rebounds right now. I think if he plays more minutes, he's only playing about 20 minutes right now. But if he plays more minutes, I think he could average close to a double-double. Because he's just been a load on the offensive glass. He's getting everything that comes to him. I mean, he's been, and he's going to be competing for Hernan Gomez with minutes all season long. Yep. And I know Knicks fans are worried that it's going to stunt Hernan Gomez's uh, growth, but I don't know. It's going to come to a point where if Kemp is a better player, don't you want him on the court? So uh, that's really a decision that Hornacek's going to have some tough decisions in the rotation. Uh, another guy that I was really impressed by, particularly in the last game when he scored 17 points, was uh, Damian Dotson, yes. the rookie from Houston. He was really good, and not just his shooting. He made a few threes, but uh, his defense was really good. He hit the glass very well, and he yes. was supposed to be a good uh, a good rebounder for his position coming out of college. Yeah. But you never know with those scouting reports how accurate they are. But uh, he's lived up to that so far. And uh, the only thing that... Uh, I can say individually, other than, you know, the defense, obviously, it's been atrocious. Uh, it's a shame we've only seen Frank once. Uh, he's been banged up. 
but I was impressed by his defense and his passing in that first game. You know, he went one for seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, we talked about that at length. We figured he would struggle offensively with his shot in his first game. He's a rookie. Those rookies do. And uh, Porzingis has only played twice, and he didn't play very well when he did play. So maybe he'll take a little bit longer to adjust to his offense than we thought. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's the only individual complaint I have. The biggest complaint uh, is obviously defense. It's still going to be – I think they'll still be one of the five worst defensive teams in the NBA. I don't think that's yeah. going to improve. Yeah, and Colin, I got the same question for you. What what has stood out to you so far through this Knicks uh, preseason thus far? I'll tell you, where the where the defense has really been just absolutely atrocious, you can't be more excited for what this offense is going to look like. Um, I, for one, am just elated to see Hardaway back in a Knicks uniform the way he's been performing so far. I think he really has a, a good chance of having a really good season here, like Chip was saying. In the, uh, in the preseason, he's just been a monster on the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one game where he was just three after three. I'm really excited to see what he does now that he's been given a second chance. Um, again, disappointing that we haven't seen Frank as much. Um, I definitely that was going to be the biggest highlight for the preseason for me. But uh, that first game, he didn't look terrible. He had the one for seven, but defensively, he looked okay. And I think he may make an impact once he gets on the court out and running. Um, Beasley looks like a reliable bench scorer. Um, Cantor honestly looks like he could be the starting center. Um, I love Willie, but Cantor's footwork has been just phenomenal in comparison. Uh, I mean, like Chip said, you know, you think. Okay, you know, we're going to stun Aaron Gomez's growth, but at some point, like he said, I mean, cancer may actually be the better option here. And, I mean, as far as developing Aaron Gomez as well, um, in the end, the Knicks are going to be terrible defensively. And this isn't a surprise by any means. Now it's just how good can they get offensively and how not terrible can they get defensively by the end of the season. Yeah, and I think for a lot of fans, I'm seeing a lot of fans very upset the way they have played in the preseason, and got to think, it is only preseason. But I also think that too many fans have their expectations way too high for this team. They, they hear about how the East is weak. It's a weak division. The Knicks are part of why that, that's weak. Um, so you got to lower the expectations, first off. Um, as we talked several times on this show, it's more about these young guys developing, um, getting ourselves in better positions to stock on draft picks or stock up on draft picks uh and you know my take from the preseason so far is they're terrible defensively they're even they look even worse than they did a year ago so it's going to be just long miserable nights um tim hardaway jr as we both talked about uh very very solid start for him um i think He's going to put up the numbers that at least show why he did get that contract, but I think it's also a situation where this team's really not that good, so he's going to have all the shots he wants. And right now he is showing the confidence to shoot, and he's shooting it pretty well. So that's good to see. And, and Chip, you kind of touched on this with uh, Neil Aquina, is um, he, he hasn't played at all. He's played one preseason game, and uh, – we're not we, – we yet to see what he can do, and it's very frustrating. If he's hurt, he's hurt. The point is you want him to be healthy for the games that actually matter. But 
I just I, we haven't seen really what he can do just playing one game. Um, maybe a little bit of a confident letdown for him to only shoot one for seven right off the bat, but it's only one game. So I want to see him play in this last preseason game, if possible, and, and see him shoot the ball a little bit better. But, Chip, we're going to start with you and ask you expectations for this season, more than next. We're solely going to focus on the Knicks here. Um, some think they can be a 30-win team. Uh, where, where do you see – how many games do you see this team winning? And uh, wh- where do you see them finishing in the standings? I see them finishing. Uh, I see them finishing twelfth in the East, uh, and I see them winning twenty-eight games. I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll win thirty this year uh, because look, and I don't think that's really an insulting thing to say. They're not trying to win. Uh, I don't know if they'll go the Phoenix Suns route, like from last year, and they'll do something uh, like shut down Porzingis. Uh, some sort of half-ass injury because they're just trying to lose and they're worried that they might win too many games, but I could see them doing that. That would be the smart thing to do. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think they'll win 30. Uh, I think the defense is just absolutely awful. Uh, I think they'll be able to keep it so bad, and we've talked about this before, there's so many other teams in the East that have an incentive to lose that the Knicks will end up winning on certain nights like they're going to beat Chicago. Uh, they're going to beat Indiana. No. <laughs> uh, they're going to beat Orlando. So uh, they have an incentive. Or there's other teams that have an incentive to lose, too. And it's, there's going to be some weird games at the end of the season where they're playing other tanking teams. And I think they, you know, they could end up winning 30 games like by accident. Yeah. But... Uh, I don't think they will because I think they're just going to be so bad defensively. And if Porzingis goes down for an extended period of time, they're going to have an, a very hard time putting the ball in the basket on a consistent basis, I think. And, Colin, how many games do you see the Knicks winning this year? Well, I'll tell you, it's funny, Matt. Uh, before you guys phoned me in, I was taking some notes. The exact number of wins I had for the Knicks this season was 28. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more with Chip. <laughs> Um, I do not see them reaching 30 wins. Um, when you talk about injury and this Knicks team where they're at right now as a franchise, I mean, any slight scare for Porzingis, no one's going to be in a rush to get this guy back on the court. This yep. year's already, they know what's going to happen this year. I mean, this year is purely developmental. They want to build team chemistry. They want to become, you know, more defensively adept. Any injury, I mean, to any player for that matter, especially, you know, you got a guy like Hardaway, Frank, Porzingis, any of these guys, I mean, they stub their toe, they may sit the next six games. No one's going to be in any rush to make any heroic efforts this season by, uh, by any means. Um, so, yeah, the exact number I have was 28. I'm going to stick by that. I don't yeah. see them getting to 30. Yeah. I, I think at most, if they do win at most, it, it's about 30. I have them at 26 games. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there's going to be some games that they're, they're going to win because the East is weak. Yes. And I think because of that, they're going to appear to be a little bit better than what they actually are. Um, but, yeah, I think about 26 wins is exactly where they're going to be. And, Colin, I'm going to ask you, I know you're a, a Nets guy, um, so I'm going to ask you a little bit about your, your Nets for this upcoming season. How do you think they're going to do? I tell you, man, um, Nets fans and NBA fans alike, you know, we're, we're a little torn this season. No one knows what, what's exactly going to happen. 
but there's a lot of good things going on. Um, and I know it's only preseason, but it's got me really excited to see what Brooklyn can do this year. Um, as far as a win total, I'm going to go as far to say that they could grab 32, maybe 35 wins on the best case scenario. Um, you got a lot of new guys coming in, and that's going to take some time to put together. They got a new backcourt. You got Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell trying to work it out. They've had their struggles in the preseason. It looks like it's going to be a challenge to build that chemistry. Um, but you also got some valuable experience from the postseason, some guys who know about you know competitive basketball. Um, it's really just going to be exciting. I think uh, it's going to be a good year for Brooklyn to kind of get back on track. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to put them at about 13 more wins from last season. We're going to go with 33. Okay. And, and Chip, I'm going back to you. Um, first off, let's go head-to-head. Do you think the Knicks are going to win more games against Brooklyn head-to-head? And then also, what do you think is going to be the overall? The Knicks going to be better or worse than Brooklyn? Well, based on what we saw in the preseason, I don't think that the Knicks will win more games head-to-head. And based on what we saw last year, too, Brooklyn outcompetes the Knicks based on the last two years. Uh, uh, The Knicks have some sort of... uh, or the Nets have some sort of inferiority complex with the Knicks where they feel like they're not respected enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I do. And like they uh they come in and they come into the garden and they played that preseason game like it was a regular season game. And uh they just I competed the Knicks and it was embarrassing. And they did it in the regular season last year too. And Kylo Quinn made that comment last year after the game when the Nets beat them, saying like they didn't belong on the floor with them or something. It was so weird. Like, the Nets had just beat them, and he made fun of them. It was so weird. And the Nets, like, uh, I feel like the Nets just want to beat the Nets no matter the situation. And I do think the Nets will win more games head-to-head than the Nets. Because I think they're going to be a better team. Uh, I think the Knicks to win 28 uh, this season, and I think the Nets will win 30. Uh, I was really, really impressed with D'Angelo Russell uh, in the two games that the Knicks played against him. Uh, I know he didn't play well against Miami. He only scored nine points. He shot really poorly. He was like four of 14. Yeah, but uh, the two games he played against us, he was fantastic. Um, I don't think he'll be excellent in his first year, but I think he's going to be really well, uh, play really well. The guy I was really... Impressed with more than anybody else, even Russell, was uh, Karis Levert. I think I'm saying that right, right? It's Karis, Con. Yep. Yeah, Karis. He was the guy I was most impressed with. God, off the bench, he scored 12 points, 5 for 8. He was really good. And I know they're really high on him. Uh, him and I think Alan Krabs were 14 points in like 9 minutes or something in the, the second game that the Knicks played against them. Uh, so I think Crab and Levert are going to score a lot of points. And if Rondé Hollis Jefferson can finally do something on offense for them, they're going to be really dangerous. And I could see them scoring, uh, winning even closer to 35 games. Mm-hmm. 30, because like we just talked about, the East is going to be so bad. And unlike the Knicks, the Knicks have no incentive to tank because they don't have the pick. So they're going to be playing to win every single match. Yeah, I, I, I just think the Knicks are going to get bullied by the Nets. It's painful to admit that. But, you know, it, it just – and I said this before on the show. It just blows my mind that the Nets made one of the worst trades in NBA history. 
and still find themselves in a better position than the Knicks. It, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's somebody's going to have to explain that to me. But um, that's all the time we have for this segment, Colin. Don't you're going to rejoin on, us. Don't say that on Twitter. Don't yeah. say that on Twitter. Yeah, Knicks fans <laughs> yeah. will kill you. Yeah, there's some delusional you. fans. I'm just going to have to, you know, tell them the way it is. We <laughs> are in a worse position than the Nets. It's obvious. You know, they have a plan and they're carrying out that plan. We're in the dumps. That's that's where the Knicks are. But yep. that's all the time we have for this segment. Colin, you're going to rejoin us for the third segment. Is that correct? Absolutely. All right, so we'll be back with our second segment right after the break. Hi, everybody. Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOMPodcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Uh, we have another guest joining us on the show, um, my, my co-host of the Assist Podcast, Caleb Horton. So, Caleb, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad I can come on with you guys. Chip, uh, Caleb's your kind of guy. You guys are both Duke fans, big Duke fans. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. So we are going to preview the Western Conference right now. But before we get into the teams, I just got to ask, Chip, starting with you, is there any team in the Western Conference that can challenge the Golden State Warriors? I don't think there's any team that can challenge the Golden State Warriors. I'm in the the boat of people who think that the Warriors are unstoppable, Uh, even LeBron James. I, I don't think that... The Cavs got better with the trade, so I don't think anybody can stop the Warriors. But if there's any team in the West that can give them a challenge, uh, I think it's going to be the uh, Houston Rockets. Okay, Caleb, same thing. Is there anybody out there that's going to challenge Golden State? Um, for the championship, no. Um, I- I'm kind of in the same boat with Chip here. Um, the Warriors are pretty much unstoppable, uh, you know, barring a big injury to one of their key players, you know, Clay Thompson or uh, you know, Kevin Durant or obviously Steph Curry. Um, I don't think anybody can stop them. Um, as far as a challenge in the West, uh, when we get to the Western Conference Finals, I I actually think the uh, the San Antonio Spurs still have a chance. I know they're they're old as dirt, but uh, I still think they have a chance. <laughs> yeah, um, I think if there's any team, it's going to be Houston. Um, because I like Carmelo Anthony, I would like to think the Thunder would be able to, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it would be uh, Houston, but again, I think the Golden State Warriors are basically going to walk themselves back to another NBA Finals trip, so there'll be four straight Finals uh, visits for them, and now what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through the divisions and pick the division winners. Um, so starting off in the Western Conference with the Pacific uh, Conference, so you have Golden State, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Lakers, and Sacramento. I don't think this one is too challenging, but let's see. Chip, who do you got winning that division? I got the Golden State Warriors, and this one, yeah, like you said, not very challenging. I think they're going to finish with the best record in the NBA. Uh, I think they're going to win any games again. So, yeah, not too challenging at all. All right, Caleb, who do you got? I got Sacramento, baby. Sacramento, I like it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, Golden State, um, as Chip said, they're just pretty much unstoppable. So, uh, Golden State on this one. I was going to say Sacramento, too, because 
I mean, they're stacked. What do you mean? That trade they made, <laughs> getting rid of Boogie. What are you? What are you saying? I mean, they got Zach. They got Zach Randolph now. So oh yeah, throwing more elbows. Oh yeah. Didn't he just get arrested like two weeks ago? Like right after he signed yeah, that contract. Got yeah. He got off. He got off from it. Oh, figures. Nice to have yeah. money. It's nice to have money. You can do whatever you want. Um, but no, this is not even going to be a, a challenge. Golden State can play the third string for half of the season and still would win this division. Um, yeah, it's just they're so stacked. It, it's not even funny. It blows my mind when they even lose a game in all series. Right. I just I don't get it. I, they're they're so talented, and it's not even fair. And I just want to pretend like they don't even exist in the NBA because they win a lot, and my Knicks suck. So we're gonna move on to the Southwest Conference, and this is Houston, Dallas, Memphis, San Antonio, New Orleans. A little bit more competitive here, but I think this is a pretty uh, obvious one as well. So, Chip, who do you got winning this? Really? You think this is an obvious one? Uh, Yeah. Wow. I I think this is going to be competitive, Houston and San Antonio. Wow. I I, I can't wait to hear your uh, reasoning. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think Houston's going to win it. Uh, I think Houston's going to win 60. I think they're going to be great. And all this talk about how there's going to be problems with Chris Paul and James Harden, I'm not buying into it. So I think Houston wins the division. Caleb, who you got? Uh, I've actually got San Antonio. Okay. Um, I'm I'm in the bandwagon of – or I'm in the group of people that think that Houston is going to kind of be kind of wishy-washy all season. Um, I don't think Chris Paul fits – D'Antonio's offense. Um, I know he's a he's a pass first guy, but I, I just don't think that him and James Harden will mesh well, um, especially in the Western Conference. Uh, if they were in the East, it'd be a lot different because it's not as challenging. Um, but in the Western Conference, with with who they're playing, uh, I think it's too much turnover too quickly, and um, so I, I would have to go with San Antonio. They're more consistent. Uh, they're bringing back a lot of the same players, and they also have Kawhi Leonard. Um, so I would go with San Antonio. Well, it's a good point that you make that with with Paul and Harden, it's gonna ha- you're gonna have to see how those two get along because they're two ball dominant guards. So right. somebody's gonna have to sacrifice there. So you know that that challenge is there. Yeah, and Eastern Conference, you know, because we've we've seen LeBron do that. But in the Western Conference, it's kind of hard, you know, unless you're the Golden State Warriors and you get the perfect player for your system in Kevin Durant. Uh, it's a lot more difficult to to do turnover like that. Yeah, so. I, and here's why I think it's obvious. I, I, we we talked about this before, Chip. That this might be the first year in quite a while that the San Antonio Spurs are really not that they, they don't get talked about a lot. And I know that when that's the case, the Spurs and I've said this, you can never count them out because they always seem to win. But I, again, I do think that they're getting older. Um, you know, Tony Parker and. Ginobili, they're not the same players. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is a terrible fit for that team. He has stunk since he left Portland. I don't. I, he's no longer one of the top power forwards in the game. He, he's right. totally went downhill. And Kawhi Leonard is really their main guy, and he's a little banged up right now. I know he should be good for the regular season. And to be honest, I don't think Popovich really even gives a crap about winning the division. He just wants to make the playoffs because when he gets to the playoffs, anything is possible. So, you know, right. Popovich is a guy. He up 25 against the Warriors before, uh, before Zaza took, took, took Kawhi out. So. Yeah, and I think the, the thing about 
the Spurs is exactly they're the kind of team that's going to sit out players, uh, and they don't give a crap if the NBA is going to find them. So I, I don't think Popovich really even cares about the division. I mean, don't get me wrong. Does he go out there trying to lose it? No, but I think he knows that it's not the end of the world. They'll be in the playoffs. Um, so that that's why I think Houston is going to win it. I think they can win it by five or six games, and that's a pretty decent cushion. But with that being said, we'll move on to the Northwest Conference, and this is Utah, Denver, Portland, Minnesota, and Oklahoma City. Chip, who you got? I got Oklahoma City. Uh, I think that they're going to struggle a little bit out of the gate, but ultimately they'll have the best record in this conference and or in this division. Uh, I think they'll win, if not 50 games, at least really close to it, 48-49, uh, something like that. Uh, I don't think all this stuff about how Carmelo isn't going to be willing to take a back seat, I'm not buying it because I think that he knows the, the whole story about him. People think he's selfish. People are think that he won't buy into it, so he wants to prove those people wrong. He wants to shut them up. Uh, I think eventually it will work, but I think it's going to be blow out of the gate. I do. And Caleb, who do you got winning this division? Uh, I, I agree with Chip Oklahoma City. Uh, a lot for the same reasoning. Uh, they're just too talented, too many good players. You know, the biggest thing with them last year is they didn't have enough depth. When when uh, when Westbrook was on the bench, they were they were awful. Um, and so now that he's got Paul George and Carmelo uh, to kind of fill in for the scoring and defensively as well, um, well, Paul George on the defensive end, I'm not sure about Carmelo yet. Um, I think that just kind of overwhelmed this division. I know Minnesota's uh, looking pretty good, um, especially with the addition of Jimmy Butler and, and all the pieces that they've added this year. Um, you know, Denver's a young team. Portland, uh, they just don't have enough firepower. And Utah just lost their best player. Uh, so they're obviously going to be down this year as well. Yeah, I, I, look, I think OKC will win this this conference or this division, um, but I don't think it's going to be pretty out of the gate. I, like Chip, you said, I think there's going to be some of the learning curve uh, with having three now superstars on one team, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if like, Minnesota or I know Utah just lost their best player, but. Early on, I'm talking, I think they might lead the division for a little bit, but by the end of the season, I think OKC is going to um, you know, win the division. And I really think by January, that's when we should start to see the best basketball from the Thunder. I think it's going to take a few months, but they should get it going, maybe, maybe even a little before January, maybe around Christmas time. I would expect them to start turning up the heat and playing – to the best of their their abilities, because three superstars, three outstanding scorers, they're going to be pretty tough. Um, but now we are going to move on, starting with Chip. I want the eight teams that you think are going to be in the playoffs coming from the West. They don't have to be necessarily in order. I have mine in order just because I had more time to put it together. Um, but if you got your eight teams, who do you think will be in the playoffs and perhaps a bubble team that you don't know is going to get in but could be at least one of the lower seeds? Okay. I actually did put mine in order, one through eight. So I'll, I'll start at top with number one, which, as you said, is obvious, the Warriors. Uh, I have the two seed, I have the Rockets. Uh, uh, three seed, I have the Spurs. Four seed, I have OKC. 
five, I have Minnesota. Six, I have the Clippers. Seven, I have Utah. And eight, I have Denver. Okay. And uh, as a bubble team, I put uh, the Pelicans. I don't think they're going to make it. I don't like the boogie uh, Anthony Davis thing. Now, the whole, I know, I put the T-Wolves at number five. The whole Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins thing, they're a very young team. Uh, I talked about OKC fluttering out of the gate. I think Minnesota's going to do the same thing. They were atrocious defensively. We all, like, bought into the fact that Tibbs was going to make them a top-five defensive team last year, its first year in the league. They were one of the worst defensive teams in the league last year. I don't think they're going to go right from that to being a great defensive team. So I don't think they're going to win 50 games. I don't. I think the Clippers are going to struggle uh, without Chris Paul. Uh, if I pick them to be a 60, uh, I don't think, uh, or I do think that if Blake Griffin gets hurt, they could miss the playoffs. So they have a lot of new pieces uh, integrated to the offense, and I'm not a big fan of Doc Rivers. So I don't know how well he can coach without Chris Paul. Uh, I know a lot of people think that Utah won't make the playoffs. Uh, I happen to think that they have a great coach there in Quinn Snyder. So I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think. Uh, they have an amazing defense. Uh, Rudy Gobert is arguably the best defense player in the NBA. They have great career defenders there. They have a lot of young talent there. And I think Denver is going to really surprise a lot of people. I think Paul Millsap is one of the most underrated players in the league. I think Nikola Jokic is the most underrated player in the league. He's fantastic. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Denver finishes higher than eight, but right now I'm picking them there, but I think they could go to as high as five or six, depending on how Minnesota and the Clippers shake out. So, yeah, Denver's like my surprise team to watch. But one through four, Warriors, Rockets, first Thunder. Uh, I don't think that's really a surprise. I know people aren't that high in the Rockets. People... I'm probably picking the Thunder to finish really high. But like I said, I think OKC is going to stumble out of the gate. I think uh, Kawhi is going to miss some time early. And without Kawhi on the court, we talked about how OKC struggled without Russell. Uh, and Antonio is just as dependent on as uh, on the court with Kawhi as OKC was with Russell. So I think without Kawhi, they'll really struggle. And, uh, yeah, that's why I went through it that way. All right, so Caleb, who you got as your eight teams and your bubble team in the West? Uh, well, I, I've got a one through eight. Um, obviously, the Warriors at number one. I've got uh, the Spurs at number two. I know that's kind of a shock. The Thunder at number three. The Rockets at four. The Clippers at five. I've actually got the Denver Nuggets at six. Timberwolves at seven. And uh, the Grizzlies at eight. Memphis Grizzlies at eight. And my uh, my bubble team would be the, the Portland Trailblazers. I don't really think they're going to make it to the playoffs, but out of the teams that was left, uh, they're, they're probably the best overall team. Um, when, when Obviously, when you look at the Warriors, they're the Warriors. Um, I think the Spurs, uh, although Kawhi may not be healthy at the beginning of the year, um, I still think the system is there. Uh, they got a developing point guard. A lot of people believe a, a young superstar, in the, I think it's DeJounte Murray, uh, the young point guard there. Um, the Thunder, uh, like you said, Matt, I, the first couple of months they'll they'll struggle, um, but once January rolls around and this team's got some chemistry um, and they they every player understands their role, um, I, I think this team will be dominant. 
Um, I don't think they will be at the the level of the Warriors. Nobody is, but they'll, they'll be a very good basketball team. Uh, the Rockets at four. Um, I give them respect because they have they have Chris Paul and James Harden, um, but I don't think they'll be a, a very good team um, as far as competing with the Warriors, which is which is what everybody's trying to do. Um, the the Clippers at five. Uh, I'm interested to see Blake Griffin in a, in a leadership role um, and to see how he can lead his team if he can even stay healthy the whole year is a big issue. Denver, uh, as Chip said, Nikola Jokic is, is an unbelievable basketball player, uh, might be one of the most underrated players in the league. And uh, I believe him as a leader, he's, he's basically a walking triple-double, points, rebounds, and assists. Um, I think that that young team, that young starting five and, and the three or four people they got coming off the bench, um, Gary Harris and, and the rest of those guys, man, they're, they're just going to be really good this year. Um, a big step up for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Timberwolves at seven, uh, I think they'll actually struggle. Um, and, and Chip pointed out something that was, that was a, a real worry for this team, and that was their defense. Uh, they have probably the two worst defenders, uh, you know, man-to-man defenders in the league, which is all the NBA is, and pick and roll as well, um, and, and Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, Andrew Wiggins, they're they're horrific if you look at their numbers. Um, and so, and, and then eight, I've got the Grizzlies. Uh, I've got them sneaking in there. They still have Mike Conley. They still have um, Marcus All, two very good basketball players. I mean, it was just, I think it was just this year that that Mike Conley was was stepped over um, and, and took him down from the spot of being the highest paid high, highest paid player in the league. Um, he's a very underrated basketball player as well. He's right up there with uh, with Jokic. Um, so that's my that's my eight. And again, I've got Portland there. Um, they've got a, a brilliant backcourt um, with with Damian Lillard. Um, they've got a brilliant backcourt, uh, but the rest of their team's kind of lacking. Uh, but they're a surprise team. Maybe they, they may slide into the eight spot, but I don't see them getting any higher than eight. All right, and where I'm going to go? No shocker here. Golden State at number one. I do have Houston at two because on paper. They should be a really good team, but I, I do hear what Caleb you're saying about Harden and Paul, and that's going to be very interesting to see if some sacrifices are made or if they can just blend together. So um, if it works out the way it should, they're a pretty darn good team. I have them at two. At three, I have the Thunder. Like I said, I expect them to struggle out of the gate, um, but I think a few months in, they're going to go on a run and get themselves into a position to win the third seed. Uh, the fourth seed, I have the Spurs uh, with Kawhi missing some time. I think they'll be a little slow out of the gate, though the Spurs are still going to be very relevant and a chance to compete. So I'll have them at four. Number five, I have Minnesota because, look, each year there's been some high expectations for them, and I think they're, they're even higher now when you get Jimmy Butler. they they got to start winning. They have to start winning. Um, Tim, T- Tom Thibodeau even said that, you know, if we wait for potential, we're going to lose. We need to just do it and go out there and win now. And I think they will be a pretty solid team. Uh, at six, I'll have the Clippers get ready to see Blake Griffin do everything. He is going to, uh, sell hot dogs. He's going to run point guard, <laughs> run through five Blake Griffin. It's going to be his show out for the Clippers. Um, number seven, I have Utah. And, I, look, this team's not a very gifted offensive team, 
They are more of a tough defending group, and I think because of that, they can grind out some games. They're not going to be a very high-scoring team, but they're going to cause some troubles for other teams defensively. And at eight, you guys ready for this? I got the Lakers going in because LeVar Ball told us on draft night. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. LeVar Ball told us on draft night the Lakers are going to make the playoff. He guarantees it. And whatever LeVar Ball says, I agree with Okay, so oh he, he's a genius, and I'm just kidding here. I, I don't like LeVar Ball, but I do think the Lakers <laughs> have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. Um, if they don't, I will blame LeVar Ball for saying they will, and they don't, and it's his fault, and it could just give me more reason to dislike him. But um, I, I'm a big fan of Alonzo Ball. I think he is going to be such a gifted player, uh, a triple walking triple-double kind of guy. He's brought some excitement there. They got other young pieces. Um, the kid's drawing blank right now, but the the other pick they got, I think he played at Arizona. Um, he was on their summer league team. Do you know who I'm talking about? Anybody want to help me uh, out here? No, Kuzma. Kuzma. Yes, Kuzma, Kuzma. That guy. I think he went to Utah. Yeah, Utah. Yeah. Sorry, one of those teams. He was he was somewhere over there with an A, or even though I let him start with an A, but whatever. Um, that's too west for me, people. Um, those games come on at like 10 and I'm sleeping at that time. So, um, yeah, he's pretty darn good himself. So I think the Lakers can sneak in on the team on the bubble. I kind of flipped around with this, um, between teams like Denver, uh, Portland. I'm going to go ahead and just say Memphis just because, you know, they have Gasol and Conley, two very good players and they always keep them kind of relevant in there. So, I think they will be flirting with the playoffs when it's all set and done. So there you have it. We have our picks for the division winners in the West, and all three of us have picked our eight teams to be in the playoffs, some of the bubble teams. Um, again, this would be a great uh, opportunity for the listeners to join in, tell us what you guys think, give us your list. But that's all the time we have for this segment. Caleb, thank you again for joining. Thanks and for having me. No problem, and we'll be back in just a moment where we will go through the Eastern Conference. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Next State of Mind podcast. Joining us again is Colin. So, Colin, thank you for waiting to do this segment with us. Absolutely, man. And yeah, good to be here. We're going to jump right into the Eastern Conference now. And before we go into divisional winners and all that stuff, Chip, is anybody going to be able to beat Cleveland in the East? No, I think it's similar to Golden State. I don't see anyone taking down LeBron. I think he's more motivated than ever after the Kyrie thing. Uh, And potentially his last year being in the East with the Lakers thing looming. Now, I don't don't see anyone taking him down. I think he's going back to the finals. I think it's the same thing. Don't pick Cleveland. All right. And, Colin, do you think anybody can knock out the the Cavaliers in the East? I couldn't agree more, man. Actually, while I was – in between segments with you guys, I'm watching some highlights from the preseason game, and it's just their overall depth is unfair, and I think it's going to be on full display once the season comes around. I think if there's a team that can knock off the Cavaliers, it will be the Knicks. Wishful thinking. <laughs> very, very wishful thinking. No, no team's going to beat LeBron Braun. 
He's too good. He's too fast. He's too strong. Kyrie, you should have stayed. Cause he ain't ever winning again. Just got to throw that out there. Um, so now that we got that Shouldn't out of the way. Kobe. Yeah. Now that we got that out of the way, we are going to pick our conference winners. So first off, starting with the Atlantic Conference, Chip, who do you think will win? I got Boston. I think this is a pretty easy one. Uh, that the trade they made was amazing. I think they won it easily. They got a, a better point guard than Kyrie Irving. Uh, I think they're. Well, I won't spoil my rankings, but uh, for one through eight, but I think they easily win the Atlantic Division. I think it's Boston there. Colin, who do you got winning? I'd say I'm a little offended by Chip's usage of the word easily. <laughs> oh, you can never uh, you can never count out the regular season Toronto Raptors, who I have winning the Atlantic Division okay. this year. Oh my god, dude! You no. have a point. Yeah, no, absolutely. I tell you, uh, you bring in somebody like Irving and Hayward and all these other pieces. I mean, do you think that these Boston Celtics are just going to click right off the bat? And you have a Raptors team where you have Kyle Lowry, you got. Uh, you got uh, DeRozan, you got Ibaka. These guys have been playing together for a minute. They play playoff basketball together. I mean, they're going to come back out right where they left off. And they're going to win another 50 games, 55 games. They're going to win the Atlantic Division. Well, I agree with Chip. Colin, you're going to be extremely offended by my playoff ranking. <laughs> oh, That's going to be good. <laughs> that will be, yes. That's going to be good. Now, I agree with Chip that the Celtics are going to win this division. I will say, Colin, though, I do see Toronto out of the gates leading it. But I think when the Celtics mesh their talent together, they'll make a run. They'll get ahead of the Raptors. So I have the Celtics taking that one. Maybe the Knicks. Once again, wishful thinking. Um, So we got the Central Division next. That's Detroit, Indiana, Chicago, Cleveland, and Milwaukee. Um, Let's let's just – let's just – we all know the answer to this. Chip, who do you got? Oh, are, we, are you really asking, Matt? I know. Really There's a waste of time. <laughs> do we need to bother answering that? It's yeah, a it's, a, it's a complete waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cat. <laughs> yep. Colin, do you agree? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's going to be Cleveland. I'm pretty sure they're not going to lose a divisional game all year, maybe to Milwaukee. <laughs> but everybody else, Cleveland is just going to run through. Um, they don't even – they could sit LeBron on some of those games and still would run through. Uh, Milwaukee, I think, could beat them. And, you know, they meet four or five times out of the year. Milwaukee might be able to win one one of those games. But I think everybody else, they don't have a chance to beat Cleveland. You know, maybe Detroit as well, maybe. Uh, but not much to talk about there. So we go to the southeast now. We got Washington, Orlando, Miami, Atlanta, and Charlotte. So, Chip, who do you got? I got Washington. Mm-hmm. I think this division is going to be more, a lot more competitive than it was last year. Yeah. I think it's going to be, because uh, a couple of those teams, Miami and Charlotte, are going to be better. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta's obviously going to stink, and Orlando's going to stink. They always stink. But I think it's going to be a lot more competitive, and Washington won't just run away with it. Yeah, who do you got winning, Colin? Uh, i got, I got to go Washington, too. Um I do agree that Charlotte and Miami have upgraded, so it's going to be closer than it was last year, whereas you have the Wizards kind of just staying the same. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be a runaway 
lead, like Chip said. Uh, the Wizards are going to take it at the end of the day, but it may just be by a couple wins. Yeah, I think the Washington Wizards really came on late last season, uh, really started to play better basketball. They're, they're with Scott Brooks for now their second year. Uh, so I, I think they, they'll win this division pretty uh, you know, Miami and Charlotte are definitely going to make it more competitive. But John Wall, that guy's just flat out amazing. Uh, Bradley Beal's turned into a nice player. So I got the Wizards uh, winning this division. So with that, we will move on to the, the conference pitcher in general. Um, again, doesn't have to be in order. But Chip, give us your eight teams that you see making the playoffs in the East and a team that could be on the bubble. Here it goes. Okay. <laughs> okay. My top three, I got uh, Cleveland one to Washington three. Okay. Uh, and here's where Colin is going to be offended. Uh, Milwaukee, I got four. Mm. Uh, I got Miami five. And then I got Toronto at six. Okay. And then I got Charlotte at seven and Detroit at eight. And I got Philly as my bubble team. Okay. Now, my reasoning for Toronto at six. <laughs> um, my reasoning for Toronto at six, I think they're going to take a step back this year. Because although I'm a big Kyle Lowry fan, I, I'm not a big DeMar DeRozan fan. And I think that whole thing has run its course. I think teams are caught up to them. What they did in the playoffs last year against LeBron was embarrassing. I think teams have figured them out. They're not near, they're not as good as the Bucks. They're not as they're not nearly as talented as the Bucks. The Bucks are younger. Uh, they're not nearly as good as those big three teams that I mentioned. And I think that Miami is better coached. I think that Toronto is just stagnant. Uh, that offense is boring. Uh, it's just a lot of ISO sets. And I think uh, Charlotte's going to be a lot better. A lot of teams are going to be better. Charlotte's going to be better. Miami's going to be better. Boston's going to be better. Uh, and look, the bottom of the East is going to stick. The bottom of the East is going to be atrocious, which is why they'll finish. But yeah, I think this is the year they take the best time. But anyway, Cleveland, Boston, Washington, I think it's self explanatory. Cleveland's going to cruise again, but I think Boston will stumble out of the gate. They have a lot of new personnel. But, uh, uh, I think Washington is the same team, so I wouldn't be surprised if Washington finished ahead of Boston, actually, because I think they'll play really well. But Boston is going to be a better team, and they have a better coach. Uh, Milwaukee, I think, uh, will finish fourth, because I think Giannis is going to be even better this year. I think he's a dark horse candidate for MVP. Uh, and I like how Miami improved. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I know it's it's uh, not exactly trendy to say this on Twitter, but uh, I like Kelly Olenek. Uh, I think that was a good addition. I like, well, I'd love the upgrade. She's one of my favorite players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. My, my whole family is Syracuse fans. I've been watching Deion Waiters for years. I love Deion Waiters. Yep. So I always root for Deion Waiters. But uh, yeah, I just think that, yeah, I'm not. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think that Toronto's going to take a step back. I'm sorry, man. I don't. Colin, you may respond. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll tell you, Matt. 
It'll have to be a whole other podcast for me to respond to this statement. There, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead with my with my rankings here, and we'll just we'll talk about that another time. Um, so for for the East for me and Chip, I just I don't even want to hear anything at this point. I've got Cleveland <laughs> as the front runner. I have the Toronto Raptors in second. I have the Boston oh Celtics. Gosh, man. I have the Milwaukee Bucks. I have the Washington Wizards. I have the Detroit Pistons the Charlotte Hornets, and then the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Now, right. Cleveland, obviously number one. Toronto, I'm telling you guys, something good is going to happen this year. DeMar DeRozan is far from done, as our friendship said. Um, yes, they're stagnant. Yes, they're, yes, they sit idle. They sit idly as a 50-win basketball team in the Eastern Conference. Yes, they are stagnant, Chip. The Boston Celtics. I think they're going to be good. I think it's going to take time. Like Matt said, it's going to be a more of a late run kind of thing. Milwaukee, Giannis is gearing up for an MVP season. I mean, by all means. Washington, I just don't like what they did this offseason. Um, and I'm not just saying that from a Nets bias because I really wanted Otto Porter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really saying that they just they could have made better moves. Um, I don't think investing in Otto Porter was the move for them this summer. Um, behind them, like I said, I've got Detroit, who made some good additions this season. You got Galloway. Uh, you got Tobias Harris, who's getting ready to have another good season. Um, you got Charlotte. I'm not the biggest fan simply because of Dwight Howard. Uh, beyond that, Philadelphia, provided they're healthy, could really make some noise in the East. Yeah, uh, Chip, I'm with you one through four. So Cleveland, Boston, Washington, and Milwaukee. Um, I disagree with you. You had Toronto, I think, a little low. I think Toronto's still a pretty pretty darn good basketball team. I have them at five. I expect Milwaukee, especially with uh, Jabari Parker, hopefully he could stay healthy because if he can, the Bucks are a pretty solid basketball team. So if he can't, then I think Toronto will be past them as well. Um, so I have Toronto at five. Six, I have Miami. Um, I think they're going to feed off the momentum that they had at the end of last year. Uh, they've made a ridiculous run. And, I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the East. And I felt like I can't wait to play them. I was like, bring on Miami. But by the time we had Miami on the schedule, then I didn't want to play them no more. And it, it wasn't very timely. Um, so they, they are a team that I expect that momentum to continue. Seven, I have Charlotte. Um, Dwight Howard... Who knows? He's such a child. You don't know where his head's at. He goofs off too much and has not been the same player since he left Orlando. But Kimball Walker is another one of those guys that just amazes me. I think he's incredible. So I have him or have this team at seven. They're a team that's always in the running at least. Last few years fell a little short, but I got them there at seven. And then eight, I'm trusting the process. Um, I have Philadelphia. There it is. Yeah, I agree with you there. They they much good good offseason bringing in a guy like JJ Redick, some veteran guys. That's what they needed because they're so young. Joel Embiid with that ridiculous contract that he got. You know, the guys played like thirty three games. Just absolutely blows my mind. I mean, he's talented, and I get why they're so high on him. But the man's played thirty three games, and you gonna give him that much money? Hope it works out. I hope it does because that's very risky. And the team I got on the bubble, and there's a few teams that could be on the bubble here. Um, once again, wishful thinking, Knicks. Uh, but anyway, uh, I got I got the Detroit Pistons on the bubble. Um, 
you know, I, I like their pick. I know I wasn't very high on him when we talked about the draft, Luke Kennard. Um, I was a little shocked that he was a lottery pick, but the more you see of him, the more not, you like. You were not a Luke Kennard fan. I wasn't. I, I really wasn't. But he's growing on me, Chip. He's growing. I, yeah, I like him. I think him. he's going to be bad. I liked him, you know, when he was in college. I seen him play. I just didn't think he was going to be a guy that translates to the NBA. And the more that I watch, I, I'm, I'm changing my mind, my opinion about him. I am kind of high on him now. I still think he is going to struggle a little bit, similar to JJ Redick, because JJ Redick really wasn't all that special his first year or two, three years in the league, and then he really kind of found his rhythm. Might not take as long as JJ did, but I think they're going to have very similar careers. Um, so I have Detroit as my bubble team that could beat out maybe Charlotte for a playoff spot. Um, I think Philadelphia is going to get in. I do. Um, and good for them if they do, because gosh, it's been awful and they've done a a really good job as a way to building up their teams and getting themselves in good position. So I I hope they do make it. And that, that's where I got now, Colin. Go ahead. Just just tell Chip what's really on your mind for a minute. Just go ahead. <laughs> Where do I start, Matt? The just, Miami Heat? Just go. Okay. Just feel what you're feeling. you got a minute, so just tell it's them. It's not even – I respect the fact that both of you placed Miami in, in your playoff rankings. I mean, that's understandable. They had an incredible finish to the year last season. I mean, just playing some real team basketball, and they were everywhere. Deion Waiters was peak Deion Waiters with the game winners and all the other fanatics. But – to have them over the Toronto Raptors is 100% insane. I don't see them matching up well with the Raptors. I see them losing each game they play with Toronto. I just don't see where you see that matchup, um, even on a better record scale. Toronto's been doing this for a while. Miami's new to this scene. They're not, they're not, they haven't been a great team in the Eastern Conference very recently. Um, to say that they would finish fifth or sixth in the Eastern Conference is just, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I'm so stunned, it's hard for me to gather my thoughts. Um, <laughs> when they actually rank lower than Toronto in the playoff seats are locked in, I'll come back on this podcast and I'll have my full recap for Chip and a little bit for you too, Matt, because you have them in the, a little higher than I expected. Okay. All right. Well, we, one, would love to have you back because you did a great job for us. Um, and Chip, you got anything to fire back? You got like 10 seconds. Fire back if you got anything. I absolutely do. We said uh, Miami doesn't have any experience in the playoffs, and Eric Spolster won a couple of NBA uh, championships with LeBron James, so he has plenty of experience in the NBA Finals. He knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, and Ty, what experience does – uh, does Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan have more playoff experience than Eric Spolstra? I don't think so. I, I'm taking Eric Spolstra over the Toronto Raptors. Anyway. But it's not even playoff experience. It's just playing winning basketball. But he hasn't been a winning basketball club in a couple of years, and Toronto's been consistently a 45-50 win team. You can't tell me that all of a sudden that's just going to go to garbage. The, the every. Every winning franchise goes to garbage at some point. And Toronto was a garbage franchise for years uh, before Kyle Lowry and Martha Rosen got there. When Chris Bosch was there, they stunk. Uh, in between Vince Carter and Kyle Lowry, they stunk. They can go back to it. But, I mean, look, Miami has been a winning franchise for decades. I mean, but look, every team goes through cycles of being bad except for the Spurs. So <laughs> true, I, true story. I, I think, yeah, I think it's easy to go back to being bad. But, but I, I, look, I'm not saying Toronto's going to be bad for a long time. The Rosen is young, 
Uh, look, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Lowry DeRozan pairing. I, I've talked about that before, like in articles and stuff. But I think they should have uh, traded Lowry or DeRozan. I don't think I think that whole partnership has run its course. It's not a championship partnership. It's they're a team that plays scared against LeBron James. I mean, we watched. Uh, they played just as scared against LeBron James as Indiana did. So it was kind of pathetic. And uh, I just, I'm not buying the Toronto Raptors anymore. I, I don't think they're, and I think that whole playing scared against LeBron thing last year will carry over into this season because now they know for a fact he have no chance at coming out of the heat because Boston is significantly better than them now. So now they know they have no chance of winning a division. No chance to come out of the East anymore. Oh, I don't doubt I... that they're going to be. I don't doubt they're going to look rough against the against the Cavs again. And Matt, I'll finish quick. Um, I have to agree with Chip on one thing that I don't think Kyle Lowry was the move for them this offseason. Um, I wish they would have done something different at the point guard position. But nonetheless, the Toronto Raptors second, third seed, fourth seed, lowest in the Eastern Conference, and that's it for me. Yeah, we're going to have to put the firearms down, guys. You guys are going to have to take a break from, from this argument, which I enjoyed it. I was sitting back eating popcorn as you guys were going back, so that, that was some good stuff right there. Um, but that is all the time that we have uh, for the show today, and we'll be back next week for the Nick State of Mind podcast.